0: The Honest Mom Project Acknowledge Your Feelings, Break Free from Expectations, Build Your Beautiful Life as a Mother is now available wherever you can find books. But let's face it, most of us are on Amazon. So that link is in the show notes. And I hope you enjoy this book. Share it with those that you love. It is short. Each chapter is broken up into little segments, so super easy to read, super easy to put down, pick back up a week later. And you can stick that book in the diaper bag, in your purse, right next to your bedside, and share it with those that you love. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Thank you for your support of the book, and have a great day, moms. Hello, hello, moms. We are back for another guest episode, my local moms and friends series. I'm really loving this, by the way. I've loved the professionals that I've had on this, um, on my first season, which was great. People from all over the country, actually in Canada as well. But I love this local mom and friend series and women that are in my backyard that I see on a daily basis. And it's funny because you're all probably like, is this someone else from Spanga? Because I have had some guests from Spanga on. And yes, this is someone that I have grown to just become so like attached to. I love seeing Ashley's face in, especially my Wednesday night yoga, which is a very like chill and relaxed yoga. And she works her tail off at Spanga. She is a busy, busy mom. And this week's episode... Uh, We both decided to focus on her life as a military wife and mother. And I think this is a very unique topic that I don't know much about, to be honest with you. I don't know many women in my life that are living this life. And I think it's just great for us to connect, learn, find that empathy and, you know, create that community um, and understand this world a little bit more. So Ashley, here you go, introduce yourselves and just say hi to the listeners out there.
1: All right. Thank you so much for having me. My name is Ashley. I live in Geneva, Illinois. And as Michelle mentioned, we met through Spanga, but I love following her. I read her book right away. Um, she's just such an inspiration. And those Wednesday nights got me through a couple of rough years of my life <laughs> recently. So Um, I'm super appreciative of being asked to be a guest on your show.
0: Oh, well, I'm honored to have you. um, And thank you, your support of the book and your review of the book. I mean, you're, we'll talk about the world of books at the end of this, but you are such a passionate person when it comes to books and reading and all of that Mm -hmm. from children to adults. So thank you so much for your support with that. All right. So what we're going to do First is we are going to do the mom card drawing of the week. I'm drawing from the you're awesome pile and you are awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. And I'm going to open it. I don't know, as everyone knows, I don't know what it says. Then here we go. Proof is in the opening. <laughs> All <my> right. <laughs> this one, usually, Ashley, I joke that I don't know who these people are. I mean, <laughs> I'll get an Oprah tossed in, right? Or a Gandhi every once yeah. in a while. But like, usually I'm like, I don't know who this person is and I have to look them up, but this one is unknown. So hmm. I really don't know who this person is. <laughs> and that's what I always wonder. I'm like, how, it, like, d- is it just unknown? Is someone choosing that or has it just been passed down and people just don't remember? Um, okay. This one is dare to believe that you are wonderful, are a wonderful, unique person that you are a once in all history event. I'll read that again. Dare to believe that you are a wonderful, unique person, that you are a once in all history event. And it's okay to brag here. So permission to brag.
1: Okay. So what that means to me is, and I come from a background of being a religious person. So I believe that God created everybody specifically, and I totally believe in everything happens for a reason. So to me, I feel like every single person is created and put on this earth with special talents and gifts to offer the world. And so we all find our vocation some way, somehow. And as we grow up and we grow into ourselves and discover more about ourselves, I think we find our niche and we kind of hone in on that one thing that we can share with the world and with others.
0: Wow. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that. And I agree a hundred percent with you on that. Thank you for that. Awesome. All right. So why don't we just start with, first of all, what is your husband's name? Tell everyone out there. His name is Chad. Chad. And tell us, why don't we start with how you both met?
1: Okay. So it's not a storybook romance, really. Uh, he, was active duty military. And he grew up in Oswego, which is close to here. And so he had just been stationed back in Chicago. And I was in my, oh gosh, third year of teaching. Probably I was teaching second grade at the time, living with a roommate that I knew from high school. And we just actually had been in a very long-term relationship and was kind of down in the dumps for a week. And my roommate was like, you're not sitting around moping. We're going out. So then her friends from college went out and he tagged along cause he had just moved back. And so it was kind of like a mutual
0: friend situation. You know what? There's never this like full blown romance story. It's either a setup, a bar or it's something casual. So I, I, I just love the fact that you, your paths both cro- cross for a reason, for for sure, yeah. a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What So he was on leave. Um, it, was there anything that came up? Were you ever concerned about his career in the military when you guys were dating before you even, even thought about marriage?
1: Well, he wasn't on a leave. He got stationed oh, sorry. in Chicago, but that's yeah. rare. So that's kind of like you said in the beginning, it's like, I don't know many people in this life. We're living in suburbia and then we're really not close to any military base. So it's yeah. very rare that we're like an active duty family in this town, you know? Um, so I think we'll kind of get into that later, but there's some presumptions people have that are just completely off because they just don't know, you know? Um, but as far as, as I was concerned, I mean, not going to lie, I've always loved a man in uniform. So (laughs) that was attractive to me. Um, and ironically, coincidentally, I, I swear I don't have a type, but the guy that I had dated for years before I met him was a Marine as well, but he had gotten out like 40s before I met him. So I kind of had this past with like helping someone transition to civilian life, but not being the girlfriend of an active duty person. Uh, My grandfather was a Marine. My cousin was, you know, so I kind of have it in my blood. So, you know, here and there. Um, So I wasn't really concerned at all, but I feel like I definitely did not know the extent of what I was getting myself into in the beginning
0: okay okay so tell us about your two children that you have so the listeners can get to know them a little bit
1: yeah so we have Ella and she's seven and in first grade um just couldn't ask for a better little soulmate I really feel like you know the first time I looked in her eyes after she was born I just had this deep connection like I've known you like in another life or something like we just clicked and um so that, so she's wonderful. Couldn't ask for a better daughter. And then Ava also, she's four. So she's in preschool, Heading to kindergarten next year. Um, they're both just really spunky personalities, but they're kind. And,
0: um, you know, again, I don't want to sit here and brag, like, I'm the best mom. Oh, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Because so many <laughs> but- people, so many people complain about their kids and I don't, don't get me wrong, you know, yeah, like I'll they're not that. perfect, but it's, I think we should embrace like when our kids, when we're ha- at a stage where we're really happy, you know, with them, right. As well.
1: Yeah. And I think that's part of it is I'm out of the diaper stage. I'm out of, you know, they're not in the tween stage with the attitudes yet. Like this is just such a fun time to have a four and seven year old. They're just at the best age and of oh, yeah. you, you know?
0: Yeah. So. I loved those ages as well. And mm-hmm. when I was out of the diaper stage and the bending over hovering over and, you know, yeah. watching her every five seconds kind right. of thing and entertaining her every two, <laughs> yeah, that was that was exhausting, and I was like, "Ooh!" Like the kindergarten when she started kindergarten, just the independence. I was like, "Ah!" Yeah. It was just a good stage for me. Everyone yeah, likes their stage.
1: Have their own thoughts now, so it's really fun.
0: Oh, oh, that's wonderful. Okay, so when you had Ella, where was Chad's career, and how was that new mom experience for you?
1: Okay, so we had Ella in 2015, so we got married in 2011. Um which if you do the math, we waited a little while. Mm-hmm. And part of that is my husband already had a son and he spent the summers with us. So there was never really that void in our relationship of like, Oh, we really need to start having kids. Cause it kind of felt like we already had a kid in a way. Mm, yeah. um, so, but obviously I wanted to start my own family and, and have that experience. So we waited a few years and then it was 2015 when we had Ella um, he was in full-blown recruiting duty. So when I had met him, he was on something called I and I duty inspector instructor, and he was working in the city. Pretty typical hours, I'd say, like he went in early, but he was able to come home and have dinner and we could have an evening together as a married couple. And life was, you know, he was always on call and yeah, there were sacrifices, but for me, those were like the bliss years of our marriage. We were in the honeymoon stage and I felt like I was married, okay? <laughs> so, so fast forward, I'm in the middle of my master's and I just kind of said, I know you have to decide if you're re-enlisting, but does that mean that we move? You know, I'm from here, my whole life's here. I knew I married an active duty military person, but I hadn't quite thought that far that I don't wanna leave everything. So that's when we decided recruiting duty might be an angle as to not be moved around every three years. So he went off to recruiting school for a couple of months in California, and he came back and just requested to stay in this area, but it was a gamble. We didn't know if he'd actually be put here. Um, And he was, but I will tell you the first year on recruiting duty, he worked in the town over. I mean, his office was not far and there were nights he slept in his car. Most of the time he woke up And left before I even got up. And I was commuting over an hour to work. Um, He would get home after I went to bed. Like we just did not see each other. So that was kind of my life. And then when I had Ella, it was kind of like, oh, now I have like a partner in crime. Like she's my new friend. (laughs) So what was kind of a lonely life in the regards of marriage was enriched, I think by this baby. But with that, obviously, comes all the things with having a baby. So it was very overwhelming. Um, you know, I, I loved my maternity time. I think of that still as the sacred time. It wasn't easy, but it was just I'd never really been in a position where I wasn't full time school or full time work. So I had this sacred time with her. Um, but I will say that it was really tough to transition back into working full time and and really essentially feeling like a single mom.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like, have you ever had anyone backlash you for that single mom thing? Well, and that's the thing I have to be careful. You know, I know my audience when I make that joke. I just see things on Facebook know, where I'm like, sure. whoa, everyone calm yeah, down. <laughs>
1: exactly. And it's like, you know, and I can't speak to what being a single mom is because I've never actually been one, but I think any spouse on this duty could attest to it's like you are one. You just don't get the credit because nobody thinks you're a single mom, you know?
0: Yeah just because someone is, is there (laughs) technically, but they're really not, you know, the ability of them to, to be there is there, you know, right. Right. And, you know, it's, it's not a competition. I think I can't imagine the struggle that, you know, just the short time that you're talking here right now, Mm -hmm. ready. I can't imagine, you know, what that would feel like.
1: Yeah. And I feel like, you know, part of the struggle for me early on was, I was adamant about breastfeeding my child and it was really, really tough. And so, you know, there were just days where it was like, you know, I come home from working all day and all my pumping parts would be in the sink. And it's like, do you not see, like, could you just wash those for me? (laughs) You know, and it just was not even on his radar because he was always so mission focused. So it was in those regards where it was like, I just felt like I was doing everything and adjusting to this new life with a baby. Um, and not really having that partnership,
0: yeah. And then what happened with um when Ava uh, came into your life then?
1: I honestly think like at that point, I had adjusted to the balance of working mom life. And, you know, yes, it's harder having two than one. But at that point, I've kind of figured things out. and and at this point, it's awesome because they can play together. So they're almost like each other's entertainment. But mm-hmm. back then, it was kind of like I, I I've been running the show now for four years, you know, however long. So this is this is nothing new. Let's just add one more in, you know. And then ironically, um, it's funny you asked that because when Ava was born, she's a May 8th baby. So I had a newborn. So I went from one kid to two kids. And then literally three weeks later, my eight-year-old, no, I don't know how old it was at the time, 10, 10-year-old stepson came for the summer. <laughs> So, I went from one child who's, you know, how nature tricks you into thinking you're such a good mom because they're an easy baby. Uh, yeah, I went from that to literally three children, you know, it was like one to three, boom. So, it was kind of a unique situation, but I look back on that I'm like, well, no wonder I was stressed out all summer.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. What is your stepson's name? Aiden. Aiden. Okay. And how old is he now?
1: He's 15 now. So, he's in it's high school. Okay. And he
0: lives with us full time now for the last few years. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. And you know, Mm -hmm. when you're saying eight years old or however he was that summer, you know, that's as you're coming, you know, with Ella being seven, you can see Mm -hmm. like that was, that's a time, you know, Brooklyn's now 10. I look back at eight and I'm like, you know, that's an active time, you know, parenting. And, And I think I felt
1: like a lot of that mom guilt that we talk about because, I had been his stepmom, like the fun stepmom, you know? And so every summer I was off cause I'm a teacher. And so my entire summer when Chad was gone was entertaining Aiden. And so we went from this, like me trying to fill that void of maybe what he wasn't getting in his other part of his life to like, okay, well, I guess you can play your video game all day long because I have a baby and a toddler and I don't know what to do with you right now. And anything you want to do, these girls are not interested in doing, you know, or I can't do it with them. So that was a really interesting transition that I hadn't actually thought about until the baby was here. And then he came three weeks later.
0: Oh my gosh. I just think about, (laughs) I mean, there's people out there that, that may be thinking like, you know, oh, you know, many people have an eight-year-old and a, this a toddler and a newborn, but I'm sorry. Like, well, first of all, <laughs> I, I, I have two stepchildren as well. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, you know, it was 50, 50 mom lives in Geneva too. So it was very, um, you know, back, you know, 50, 50, but anyways, okay. like you're, that was a hundred, you're, you were a hundred percent on and you're looking at these. It, that's a lot because, you know, I, I had a stage with my friendships where you know, the kids that were Brooklyn's age, some of their friends, then they started having, you know, babies after mm-hmm. that. And I was done, you know, yeah. when I said, Oh, do you guys want to go to the pool? They're like, okay, going to a pool with a seven-year-old, a right. three-year-old and a baby is impossible. Yeah. Like, like unless my husband comes with to watch the toddler to duh, da da, And so no one drowns.
1: Right. And actually it's funny you bring up the pool because that was the one thing when Ella was nine months and Aiden was eight that I could do that was entertaining for both of them. But then you add in this baby who can't even wear sunscreen yet. You know, she was a month old. I couldn't go to the pool with them, you know, or if we did, it was like, keep her in the shade, but I've got this toddler that can't swim. And this eight, you know, it was just, kind of what are we doing all summer?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then so, you've got, yeah, exactly. You've got kids, all, you know, like walking around, and then you're looking at, you know, and I don't know. At eight, I was still watching Brooklyn like a hawk, oh, to make for sure. and didn't fall off something at the park, or yeah, or yeah. whatever. And I had, you know, so I I commend the multiple children and those age gaps, you yeah, know, and yeah, you know, so that must have been hard. So, um, have you like, how did you, you know, in those early years of motherhood? How was Chad involved with the parenting, if at all?
1: <laughs> right. Okay. So I think keeping my husband involved with parenting has just been a challenge in general. And it's honestly been like a source of conflict in our marriage for years. And and I've talked to him before I won this podcast. So I feel like, you know, he gave me permission to be honest. So I'm just going to be real. And I would say at first, when we had Ella and it was our first baby and it was just the three of us, I was so thankful because- You know, he'd done the baby stage with his son before and he was so good at just like whipping that diaper on when I thought, Oh God, I'm going to break my little six pound baby. Like, you know, I was, it, would, it took me like 20 minutes to change a diaper. Cause I was afraid I was going to break her. And he'd be like, move over, let me do it. And I was like, I've just found that so attractive because he was so confident with this baby. So it started off really, really well. And I think I set that bar high because I was like, Oh, we're going to be great partners in this whole parenting adventure. But then, you know, I started to learn, that I was the nerd that checked out every book at the library about being pregnant. And I got really good about being pregnant and eating all the things and doing, you know, like following my what to expect book. But then, you know, I was just shocked when they sent me home from the hospital without a user manual. (laughs) I was like, what, (laughs) what do I do with this thing? Um, So I think that kind of turned into like, once I got the groove of things and I was like, okay, you know, I got this. I can, I can do this mom thing. Then I think that just cause he'd been in the game, like he could see me being more confident. And I don't even know if he's self-aware of this, but I think he began to just kind of default to me. And then all of a sudden it just turned into, now I have all the responsibilities on my plate. So yeah. I think it was like, I used to get so frustrated with things and then I read this book called how not to hate your husband after kids. <laughs> oh that's a
0: great book. Oh yeah.
1: It is. Yeah, and it just kind of like it was awesome. It spoke to, you know, gender roles like have your husband fold laundry in front of your kids cuz that's not just the woman's job. Um and it spoke to a lot of things, but I think that kind of opened my eyes in general to be like if I'm not communicating what I'm frustrated about, like, he's not a mind reader. He's not even thinking about it. And here I am stewing about, you know, why aren't you washing my pumping parts? Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, he probably doesn't even know I'm thinking that, you know? So I just think that, you know, I could be, I was getting frustrated because I was up all night with feedings. I did all the household chores, the mental load, and I worked full-time on top of it. And he just simply was not home. Um, and I'll be honest, when he was home, he was not present, you know, um, emotionally, he was not there. He would tell you that. And I just think like on this duty, the, all the needs are set aside for the sake of the mission. So that's like a whole other topic, but it was, it was kind of a frustrating, lonely time. And I wish he could have been more involved, but I just don't think like he had the mental capacity to be at the time.
0: Yeah. You're in a very unique situation and so is Chad. So Mm -hmm. I have empathy. I have no idea what, I mean, it's like, we don't have any idea what goes in a, like in a quote unquote, normal dad's mind on why they, why they don't initiate. I think we all too need to just come to the conclusion that they're not going to initiate things. Like we, (laughs) like, like, why do, Why isn't there like a press release on that? Like, you know, like, okay, everyone, just so you know, you're going to have to ask. And I remember my mom always saying too, like, if you ask and they give you, you know, they yeah. say, you know, what? And, you know, heck no, that's the, that's a problem right there. But if you ask them and they do it, like, just accept feel yeah. you know, like I had to learn to accept that like I had to be specific but then you're adding in Chad's mind what he's going through throughout the day what he's been trained and how to think and act and right. all these things that I have no idea you know about I can only imagine and yeah it's like we can't analyze that that mind you know so it's like yeah just just you know it's easier said than just done, ask though. but I
1: think also part of it is like you said the training and the mindset it's like Like at this point in his career, he's of higher rank. And so he's used to telling people what to do all day long. And so when, when I'm like, Hey, can you do this? You know, I had, I had to ask like 10 times and then it would be this pride issue of like, well, no, I'm not doing it because you're nagging. Mm,
0: And so that was
1: just like even more fuel to the fire, you know? So I think it, there's just, it's a very interesting mindset. And I've had to tell him multiple times, like, I'm not one of your Marines. Don't talk to me like that because Mm. He has to kind of code switch when he leaves work to coming home to the family environment.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Someone's career affecting how they interact at home Mm -hmm. and not turning the switch off into something, another mode you right. know and yeah and how we communicate with people you know our spouse our friends it's a it's a dance and everyone has different styles and some people do you know it's all about the delivery and figuring mm-hmm. out how someone's going to take you know a request or criticism or you yeah. know, or whatever and mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the joy of figuring people out and you know some people <laughs> some people are more open to tell you what works for them like my husband had to tell me he's like can you stop talking to me? Like I'm a child, like, right. like, like, like you're my mom, uh-huh. you know, when I ask, yeah. him, ask him to do stuff for sure. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, sorry. I do kind of sound like your mom at times, but can you just do it? Like, <laughs> so I don't have to say it like that.
1: Right. Just, yeah. Just follow, follow my command.
0: <laughs> so how have you gotten through these challenges that you're talking about right now? Have you worked through it together or have you done professional you know, help with this. Cause I can only imagine how challenging this is to figure each other out, especially yeah. with, two, with, with two babies.
1: Right. For sure. So, so we are going on almost three years of couples therapy right now. And awesome. I kind of wish I would have done it seven years ago. And a lot of this could have been avoided, but um, I think seeking that outside support is just I mean, here's my plug for mental health. I just think it's so, so important. And if anything, just to like have an outside perspective and to say things out loud, that's like, and that constant monologue in your head. So that's, and I think what's so weird about it is that when you're on this duty, you're living civilian life and you're not on a base. And if you're on a base, like a military installment, I mean, I don't know because I've never lived on one, but from what I hear, there are so many resources available. Um, I found out that there was like a new mom support. I don't even know what they call it. There was a name for the program that's offered on basis. Like it's parenting classes. Someone will teach you like how to breastfeed. Like, it's just amazing. And I remember inquiring about that. Like, well, do we get anything because I mean I'm not living on a base and there was some sort of outreach thing where this lady came to my house two times and I just thought what else is out there like this that I'm not even aware of and I just wouldn't even know because I've never lived on a base before so it's just so weird because I think this is one of the hardest duties but we get the least amount of support so I've had to over the years just seek that support myself and so therapy was one of them Um, This year, I've just been doing individual therapy once a week um, because I have a little more time to do that. And it's kind of at a perfect time because we're now transitioning out of that military life. But um, I don't know. I just think I kind of had to find it on my own because no one really thinks twice about the life that you live if it looks like you're living in, you know, Cush Suburban life. So,
0: (laughs) How far has he physically been from you and the family? Like what kind of things has he had to be away from the house for an extended period of time. Well, we're, so
1: this is the, like, there are good things about this duty as well. And so I've always said, I'd rather have him here and not in a war zone deployed. So for me, that's a perk, but ironically that is um, when I've said that to other wives who have been through multiple deployments, they come back with, oh, I would absolutely have my husband deployed over doing this duty any day, hands down, like no question. And so that opened my eyes because I go, why would you want your husband in a war zone? But the logic is, you know, we know he's gone for six months and he's coming home and then life is back to normal, but he's in, he's out, he's sort of here, but he's not really mentally here. He can't do family functions with us. It's just confusing for the kids. Um, So I thought that was really interesting. And then my husband said that he has had this conversation with multiple Marines who've been through combat situations five plus times, and they say the same thing, that this mission is just always constantly going and the outcomes are unpredictable. So that's the stress of it is like, you've got this mission, it's 30 days long, and then you don't even celebrate if you get it, then you're on to the next mission. And so as you can imagine, like this just doesn't really leave much mental space for any hobbies or people outside the mission. And it's just kind of this cycle that you're living And it just seems like there's no light at the end of the tunnel sometimes.
0: That is very interesting. And I could kind of see where these people are coming from when you explained it like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: like, it's nice that, I mean, he's had to do trainings in California for a couple of months. Like when Ella was six months, he was gone for a couple of months. Um, But other than that, just kind of a week at a time here and there for classes or training, there's no deployments, you know, so. So for me, that's a peace of mind because I don't know any different.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. If you don't know any different, you get you become comfortable with what you what yeah. you know. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So we talked a little bit about communication. Is there an, are there any tips that you have regarding communicate? I mean, obviously, every individual is different. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe there are some similar personality traits or behaviors where you can give some advice on how you felt communication worked the best, maybe based on your therapy that you've done together. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's obviously a work in progress. And I think communication is probably more than likely the root of many of our issues.
0: <laughs> um, uh, I, but- <laughs> you know what? My, uh, my brother, just to interrupt you mm-hmm. is a marriage counselor, biblical marriage counselor. Okay. So, and he said every, he, he said every couple that he has worked with in the decade that he's been doing this it, communication is the yeah, number one reason for sure. that they're there, but go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think for us again, in a unique situation, much of the communication, the last decade was just via text or a quick phone call here and there. So, I mean, really, there were years where we were just passing ships in the night. So I learned to kind of handle, like I said, all that mental load, run a household by myself. And now just in the last two weeks, cause he just retired two weeks ago. I am now learning to really essentially have a partner again for the, or really for the first time, you know, since we were really newlyweds. So I think simple things like that I figured out, it's like, this is not rocket science. Why did this take me so long? I put an event on my iPhone calendar and then I invite him as an attendee. So he has on his phone. And so I'm thinking to myself like, why did it take me this long? To figure out to do that. Like, duh. However, he never had to know, like he never had to concern himself because I took care of it all. So that's why. (laughs) So now he knows my daughter has swimming lessons on Tuesday morning at 10 o'clock and she, you know, he can take her for the first time. So I think like little things like that, just involving maybe sitting down on a Sunday night and saying, here's what's going on this week what do you want to have for dinner this night? You know, it kind of takes a little bit of the load off of one partner and not assuming like one person has to carry all of that load. I think over time, you know, people start to excuse themselves from, from doing things or taking on those responsibilities because one person has it handled. So I'm learning to function really like I have a husband for the first time.
0: That's wonderful. I love that. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of relearning each other in a way too. It's, it's Mm -hmm. a whole new world. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, do you have a communication struggle that you're still working on right now? I I mean, I've got like 600, but. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I
1: tend to perhaps get a little passive aggressive when again, it's like my narrative in my head, it's Brene's Brown classic. This is the story I'm telling myself. Mm-hmm. And he might not even be aware that I'm telling myself a story. So, yeah. you know, I might walk around and be huffy puffy and, and it just takes him being like, what's really going on. And then I can, it op- yeah that opens the door to be like, okay, here's what I'm really frustrated about, you know and this yeah. just came up the other day and I had to be brutally honest and say, you know all these years, I haven't had time with you and I just kept saying, if only he was home, like things would be fine. And I realized it's not the time that I was craving, it's the presence. So yeah. even when you are home, get off your phone, engage with your family, like be there emotionally for me, ask me how my day was. So that was like a really big breakthrough, I think, because I could have gone on for a week being passive aggressive and he would have no clue what I was really thinking where I was just frustrated. It's like, now you have time and you're still ignoring me. Like I still exist. You're just so programmed to not have to worry about it about like anybody else's needs other than your mission, but you don't have a mission anymore. So let's start a second part of our life, you know?
0: Yeah, which is so exciting, but a whole new learning experience and tons Mm -hmm. of adjusting, tons of adjusting. So it's good you guys are doing that, that therapy, because so many people go to therapy, I I mean, I'm guilty of that when I have a problem, and Mm -hmm. I'm desperate and I make that appointment versus the maintenance and just like, just making sure you're on the same page with a neutral territory, you know? Yeah, for sure. So mm-hmm. now is it, was it hard for you? Like when he would be um, home and helping, like wanting to help out like the, I'll just, if, you know, you're not doing it the way I like it. Or, you know, like, did you have those challenges when he would step in where you're like, wait, I've been doing this for this long and now you just, you know, are stepping in and and maybe you haven't had this, but, you know. Yeah,
1: I think, I mean, we're really new into this whole him being home, but he did have a lot of leave time that, you know, typically if you're living overseas or out of state, you would use to come home for the holidays and whatnot, but he has been here. So he hasn't really had to use the time, nor could he really take it, even if he had it. So he had a couple of months in the fall where he was just burning through that leave time. So we were home together for the first time ever. And that was an adjustment. I mean, I would go about my day doing my normal things that I do to take care. And it was like this constant um, peanut gallery critique of like, well, why are you doing that this way? Well, it doesn't make more sense to do this. Or like, I don't, it's
0: like, go away. (laughs) I can't, I can't like, I've been doing this for a decade. Leave me alone. (laughs) Oh yeah. The glare looking like what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. I totally, I think so many people can relate to that regardless, but (laughs) you know, especially if someone comes home, whether, you know, I've had friends that their husbands traveled all the time. And then when, you know, the world shut down three years ago they're like, what the heck is this guy doing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Stepping in and trying to take over and they, you know, they want to help, but they're, you're not doing it right. Mm -hmm, Right. You know, so it's just learning. (laughs) Yep, exactly. What are some, to switch things up a little bit, what are some misunderstandings about being a military wife and mom? Because I know I have mine totally in my head. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think like, I mean, and before I got into this life, I suppose I just kind of had this stereotypical vision of like, you know, this poor family whose husband is overseas and, you know, you always see the homecoming videos and, Mm -hmm. and that is not to discount any of that. Obviously those families serve in their own way and make a lot of sacrifice, but I think just the bigger thing for me is spreading awareness of it's not just the families who live on a base, like live the typical life, have a deployed spouse, you know, who are making sacrifices. I think sometimes people like us who are active duty can actually live in your own neighborhood and make it look easy, you know, but I think everyone deals with struggles and our military families deal with really more than they let on.
0: Yeah. And it's such a unique career in life that at least I feel affects that person the rest of their life. For sure.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some like PTSD that is now coming to light and it's like, oh, well (laughs) that explains things, you know, but again, just getting to the point where you have somebody that's willing to show up to the therapy to even get uh, to like starting to open Pandora's box and taking just a fraction of that skeleton out of their closet. I mean, there are things that I'm sure you will never talk about that I'll never know,
0: but it all is underneath the behavior that we see sometimes for sure. Oh, and I just, you know, feel so good knowing that he is a part of this, you know, and is, and wants to do this. I mean, that is just amazing in itself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm just glad he's taking advantage of someone that, you know, like of that's for his marriage and for himself in general. And I've never even met him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I keep saying like, it's kind of a low bar, but he shows up. So I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> what made him re- like what um you know made him decide to retire I, is this like a normal age to retire I, that's the thing like I don't know anything mm-hmm. about yeah you know.
1: so he joined um he graduated in 2002 from high school so that was right after 9 11 so that was oh, his God. you know he signed up like when 9 11 happened he was a junior and then he went to San Diego to boot camp right after graduation so he has done almost 21 years. At this point. Wow. So that, and like, it's like, it's kind of like dog years, like seven, you know, what do they say? Seven years, yeah, seven years, one year. in human. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's how they age. <laughs> Cause it's like, I, so, I believe you know, it all like physically taxing on their body. And then also just the stress is like, you know, like he's been bald for years. So like, like he just turned 40 last week and it's just, um I don't know. So I think that is, A pretty typical age if you make a career out of the military it's 20 years to rate the pension. Um, So when when we made the decision to go into recruiting duty, he was just about halfway through, so it was a really big decision because. It was like, do I reenlist or do I not? Because that's another four years. So that was something we took really seriously because at that point he could still go back to school. He was pretty young, you know, like he could have totally went into a totally different direction, but he decided to sign on for the four years again. And then at that point it was like a no brainer. Like you're an idiot if you don't take the full 20 years pension for the rest of your life, if you've already done, you know, Yeah, yeah. Like, like you really should just keep going. So um, but it was a, a pretty big decision at that point. And we knew, well, I think he knows I probably would have killed him if he signed up to do
0: it for 10 more years. <laughs> like it can only take so much. <laughs> Honey, it's only 10 years. Sorry. It's going to fly by. <laughs> it does fly by depending on what your life is like, but yeah yeah. 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 And I think that's a big part of it too.
1: And that's the advice I give spouses coming in on this duty for the first time is, You have to create your own life, do your own thing, stay busy, however that looks for you, get a support system, a network of people. Like, I don't care where you find it, go to a mom's group at your church, but you cannot mops. I love mops. Yeah. But like, just, you cannot isolate yourself. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They come not knowing anyone. So I was at an advantage where I'm in my hometown, my family and friends are here But it's very isolating for people that don't have anyone. So I think that's just so, so huge with finding that outside support emotionally, just to know, like, if your husband can't go to this gathering, it's okay, because you'll know people there.
0: Yeah. What outside support did you have within, you know, family, friends, or like a MOPs group? You know, what, what did you do for that support? If anything? (laughs) Mm,
1: Right. And I kind of like, I just kind of have always been very independent. So, you know, it kind of takes a special person to be a military spouse, because you have to be, you cannot be solely dependent on somebody who cooks for you every night and, you know, is truly a half and half partner, because it's not like that. So, that was a good fit for me because I wasn't afraid of that challenge. But I think having a social life, you know, is important to me. And obviously that changes when you become a mother, but I definitely was not one of one of the moms that just completely give up their entire life to being a mom and only a mom. I would always make a point to still be the person I always was, or at least try to replicate that. But that was huge. Uh, My family's local, but honestly, I don't think, like I have a hard time asking for help. So, (laughs) so I don't really take advantage of that. And I think that's like, I hear a lot of spouses be like, oh gosh, if my family was near, you know, we'd have so much more help. And I'm thinking we have family near and yes, it's nice to call my mom. If I have a dentist appointment and can't find a sitter, but I'm certainly not relying on her to do my parenting at all. You know, I just kind of function independently. Um, Honestly, Spanga has been like a huge mental health thing for me. It just is, you know, like I've, I think I'm, I'm diagnosing myself with high functioning anxiety, but I've never actually taken meds or anything, (laughs) but I think that is like my anxiety relief is just working out for that clarity. Um, I love hearing that. Yeah. But yeah, other than that therapy, I'm a huge like self-improvement junkie. So I listen to podcasts and books and working provides a network of people. Um, and, and then childcare, like, yeah, you're paying for it, but, and cause I had to, cause I was working, but it really takes the village. Like those teachers, my kids have had are such a huge part of their development in their first Amen. Two, five years.
0: Amen. It does. Yeah. If that village includes teachers or daycare, mm-hmm. or whatever, Montessori, anything, I mean, and then just kind of learning how to work, you know, be with other kids and yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. So something else, um, that I wanted to touch on is, mm-hmm. um, what is something that you experience as a military wife that isn't common or something a listener would assume? Mm-hmm. And if you don't know the answer to yeah. this, that's totally, cause that's kind of a deep question. Like it, so I don't know if there's anything that you experience and, and, and this could be a good thing. Like you can, yeah. you know, as well, yeah. it doesn't have to be a struggle. It could be something hopeful for someone.
1: Um, I would say, I kind of touched on it before where it's like, you know, don't just assume it's like the typical family living on a base and the husband's deployed, you know, like that's, I think the 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 comment that I get from people that just literally have no bad intention, they don't know any better And I really try not to complain about anything. But if I, oh no, I don't get that at all. Yeah. I mean, if I mention, you know, especially when the kids were really little and I just, it was just like very overwhelming, you know, oh gosh, you know, I haven't seen my husband in like two weeks, like, you know, and I'll get from friends, like, oh yeah, I totally know how it is. My husband travels for business all the time. (laughs) Like, you just, it's just like silence. Like, I don't even know how to respond to that because it's not like your husband's on a business trip at all. Um, but from the outside looking in, I could see how people could think that, right? So I think that, I just don't think anybody would ever know because it's just like not really talked about. And it's very rare that people would not be on a base active duty. The This recruiting thing is a very, very small niche of people in our military. So I just think it's like, interesting looking back in the rear view mirror to be like,
0: that is not at all what it's like, but okay, you can think that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, we almost like some people, we try to be empathetic and try to relate to people, but then it kind of comes off like, oh, that's not exactly what, and I think it's okay. Like we all can educate each other. And for me, if I'm asking questions to you for me to, in my head or out loud, be like, oh, I didn't realize it was like that. Like that makes total sense. Or I don't know that you know. And it's 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 great when we can, be you know, have those relationships where we can be honest and educate one another. You know, and I feel like,
1: I mean, I always joked about like I should write a book once he's out and oh yeah, tell all, tell all, because like who
0: else would ever bring
1: awareness? And there is a lot of change that needs to be made. Divorce rate is super high. Mental health rate is awful like the addictions we deal with, you know, they can't do drugs or drug tested, but you know, there's a lot of alcoholism going on. There's a lot of abusive relationships. There's gambling thing, like there's a lot. And so it's just like, maybe, you know, going back to our full circle, your little mom card of the week, maybe there's something that I can, I've lived this for longer than most, most people are on a three-year duty. So you know, I feel like I've got the experience to maybe where there's some sort of awareness
0: I can bring to light at some point. Well, and also like something that I just thought about while you were talking and the assumptions and things like that, I, we were on, um, this was just last month when we went to Florida to visit my mother-in-law and, you know, we're sitting in the plane, we're, we're, we're in the air and mm-hmm. I'm reading my book and I look over, my husband's got his iPad and the movie he downloaded. And I'm like, what the, well, first of all, I was like, You know, and I poked him annoyingly. He's like, (laughs) you know, takes his headphones off. He's like, what? You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And he pauses it. He's like, what? I'm like, that actor (laughs) looks just like he could be Charlie, or I'm sorry, Martin Sheen's like son. He looks exactly (laughs) like Martin Sheen and he looks at me he goes that is martin sheen and i'm like oh my like, gosh and i'm like what movie are you watching and he's like apocalypse now and i'm like mm-hmm. so i kept glancing over he had watched it in high school where i'm like you watched this in high school i'm like did you have to sign a permission slip <laughs> and but and i don't know if you've ever seen that movie no i haven't okay well the glancing that i did throughout that 3 hour flight and the movie i think is like 4 hours long yeah i was like oh my gosh, like just, you know, the it's so graphic. Yeah. You know, the, the and and listeners out there, it's about the Vietnam War. Everyone famous that you know that's famous is in this movie. I'm like, oh, you know, and everyone's like 18, I feel like in this movie, because it was in the 70s, I think late 70s it was made. And it's so graphic and it shows like war and military life, things that Martin Mm -hmm. Sheen went through with PTSD and like stuff that I was like, my hands were over my face. I'm like, how are you watching (sighs) this? Like I was so, I'm sure an amazing movie, but I'm like, oh my God. And I've got a big tolerance for that kind of, like for like violence But anyways, like people, I think, assume that when you hear like military wife, like you said, like someone's going off to war and you're, you may never see them again. And I love that you've brought to light, like that there's other sides to a military career and how it can affect your, your marriage, your family. And, and, you know, we don't know, we only touched on probably 10% of what Chad has probably gone through. And the two of you have gone through together, but I just. I love that there's enough, there's different sides to this and we don't have this like Hollywood assumption.
1: Right. Or, and that's a know. really good way to put it the Hollywood. And I think I use the phrase like the stereotypical military family, but that's what I was going for. It was like the Hollywood version. And, and Chad lived that life before I met him for eight years. He went to Iraq twice, you know, oh, like my gosh yeah. used to knock on doors when I first met him and notify mm-hmm. mothers that their sons died overseas and do the funerals. Like there's a oh, lot that he's done before recruiting, but for my part of the journey, for the the majority of it, it was recruiting and that, you know, to go along with the business trip comment, a lot of people would be like, oh, that's really nice. He has like an office job then. And it's like, ah, yeah, I guess, but you know, it's not really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're dealing with someone that has had some very unique experiences and trying mm-hmm. to support him, you know, is as- as best as you can. All yeah. right. So you mentioned, so we're going to touch on some favorite resources as we kind of close up here, sure. um, how not to hate your husband after kids. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. It's a very uh, listeners out there, highly rated book. Um, you know, it's you know, a wonderful book and just focusing on this topic of resentment sometimes that we can have with our interactions with our spouse, especially when yeah. they step back into, into, a, you know, a life that you've been living. Um, do you have any other like famous or, um, favorite like podcasts or any other books that you love? And you're a personal development junkie like I am. So I can't,
1: so I like a long list basically. Um, I mean, it kind of goes, I kind of compartmentalize for different parts of my life. So like, you know, my professional life, like I'm a big Brene Brown for the leadership portion of coaching that I do in my job. Right. There's, um, so there's a lot of teacher ones I listen to. There's, you know, just fun ones. Like I love the home Edit. I'm super obsessed with organizing and um, the best friend energy podcast started this year. So they're just so fun. I just love listening to them just to laugh. Um, the Holderness family, you know, they make, they make videos, but they also do podcasts now. And that woman
0: reminds me of you, Michelle. I don't know why. Oh. I don't know if she has like the
1: same voice as you or what, but I always think of
0: you. I'll as- check So there's a podcast in like an Instagram or something. Of yeah. Theirs? They do okay. like
1: a series of videos and a lot of it's just parody to motherhood and okay. other topics. Okay. I'll check um, them out. There's a local gal who's actually an educator in Batavia um, Ming and her podcast is courage up. So that's like, she's had um, some local people on her podcast, but she's nationally known now. Um, for the business side of things, Kristen boss is amazing. If you're in social selling, she's going to be our keynote speaker at a convention this summer. Um, for fun. I love my mom so hard. Like they wrote a book. It's hilarious. They have a podcast and I have tickets to their live show this summer. So I'm kind of a junkie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay. I'm writing that down. I love my mom so hard. No, I mom so hard. Oh,
1: okay. I was like, it's okay. just like, they're. it's just funny. I, I think you love them. They're just hilarious. If you need a good laugh,
0: okay. Uh, but good. it's all
1: about motherhood, um, for like psychological mothering advice. Dr. Becky is my go-to. She's great. Um, my favorite all-time podcast besides the honest mom, of course, oh. is <laughs> We can do hard things. Glennon Doyle. Yeah. Super fan, like untamed. I love that book. Um, and then just back to the basics, I signed up for dot when I found out I was pregnant, but they send a weekly newsletter email and it's really short. It takes like two minutes to read. But even though my daughter's seven going on eight, they're still sending me a weekly email about like are you dealing with this right now? Like, this is where they're at developmentally. Are you having this issue right now? So I will read both of those emails for both of my girls every week. And it
0: takes me five minutes total. I love that. Babycenter.com. Babycenter.com. All right. And where can um, listeners find what you offer, because I just, I love your passion for books and all, I love your recent reel too, with, with your daughter, um, where can they find you? Obviously I'll put that in the show notes, but tell us, what you can offer moms out there in the, in regards to literacy and reading all things reading.
1: Yeah. So I'm a reading specialist. I've got my master's in reading and I, like, I always say I'm a reading specialist by day and a book lady by night, but, um, our company is paper pie and I'm a brand rep with them. So I do, uh, in-home parties with books and also a lot of social selling online. Uh, we offer children's books up to middle grade and they are, I'm a little biased, but the best quality and the best. So (laughs) you can put my, um, website if you want in the show notes. Awesome. And I'd be happy to help pair some texts with readers. If you're looking for some books for your kids.
0: Okay. Were you with us? So you were with us born originally, correct?
1: They just rebranded in January. Gotcha. Same company.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. Okay.
1: Just there are a lot of publishers under that umbrella. So it was time to change the name because it wasn't just us born anymore. Oh,
0: yeah, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes that makes total sense. Yeah. So you how long have you been with Paper Pie now? About three and a half years. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. And you left full time, full time working mm-hmm. to put your heart and soul into this. And it, are you grateful for yeah. that?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's not Tell my it teacher. Like teaching salary and it's not guaranteed income. So it was risky, but I wouldn't trade the time with my kids for anything this year. So it's been an awesome opportunity to be able to know I can privately tutor. I can do that and just kind of supplement that income um, and be able to spend some more time with my kids, That's just what it's all about in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Anything um, at the end of this, I always ask the guest what like one of their favorite pro do you have a favorite product we have podcasts and books but yeah. do you have like a favorite um lip gloss deodorant um you know hair product beauty product anything or a pair of jeans that you just you buy this brand all the time or oh my gosh even if it's I old navy
1: oh <laughs> I know and now I'm like on the spot I can't think because now I'm in this mode of like all my resources so one thing I will share it's an online thing but I have been using tiny beans. Have you heard of that?
0: It's um, an app. Okay. Tiny beans, like a bean. Yeah. Eat a bean.
1: Yep. Tiny okay. beans. And I don't know how I stumbled across it, but I feel like I was one of the first users and now they've kind of grown, but basically it's a photo sharing app. So there's a calendar so you can click on the day and then you can upload your photos and videos to that day, but it's by email invite only. So if you don't want to overshare or you're not comfortable sharing your kids on social media, that's the way like all the grandparents can see the pictures. And for me, Ah. it's like, oh, I don't have time to scrapbook and do baby books. So I'm going to just do tiny beans and it's super quick and easy. Um, They've expanded it, like I said, but I just love it for the privacy reason and to keep me organized.
0: I love it because I don't scrap. Or I don't think I've I don't have a baby book. My my mother in law bought me for my shower, you know, ten years ago. Let's say (laughs) eleven years ago. You know, this beautiful like she had it made. She has her baby books. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so does my mom. But like times are just different now, Mm -hmm. and I'm like I have. I have fifteen thousand photos on my phone, but I have right not pr- printed. Nobody one. prints
1: them anymore. So I mean, same. I have. I I was pretty good about my first one. So typical. But that empty baby book sitting in my second daughter's room.
0: Yeah, <laughs> never well, done. Yeah, exactly, and that's okay. You know what? Right, right. Keep our sanity. We we know what they look like, right? <laughs> we remember. Yeah. All right, Ashley. Thank you so much for yeah. being on the show. I am just so grateful. I can't wait to see you tonight. Yeah. Um, and in, in yoga and, um, I just, you know, I know that so much of what you said today, just, just for anything, for these moms listening, for them to be able to relate to it, or maybe even understand a friend or, um, you know, a sister, someone that they know that is in this world in some, mm-hmm. whatever capacity they are to have more empathy, ask questions You know, ask, you know, if you can help them and just maybe try to understand their world as much as you can um, and not have those assumptions, you know, out there. But it's a very unique life. Um, Mm -hmm. You're doing an incredible job, Ashley. And, you know, those girls are definitely proof of that. And. you're also taking care of yourself, which you should be so proud of. So proud of. So yeah. But thank you so much. You, I will open the mic for you to say goodbye to the listeners.
1: Okay. Well, thank you again for everyone who's listened. Uh, This is just a glimpse into our life that, you know, like she said, not many people know about. And so I just think it's been an amazing opportunity to be on this and share a little bit. So It's super appreciative. Thank you, Michelle, for having me on. You're
0: welcome. And if you need to write a book, you know who to talk to for some advice. I
1: know. That's going to be my next. See, I have my notes now. So this might have been the springboard. Who knows?
0: Yep. All right, everyone. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening this week. I will see you next week with another episode of the Honest Mom Podcast. Until then, uh, take one more step towards your honest motherhood. Thank you so much for listening to the honest mom podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review or comment so I can give you the content you deserve to learn more, including what I offer to moms check out Michelle michellemansfieldauthor.com most importantly, if you know a mom that needs to hear the words you heard today, please share the love and let's create a community of moms being honest for all of us.